0: Hello and welcome to Carl's interviews in podcast form. This is an audio extraction of the live interviews that I've conducted with some absolutely fantastic guests from all walks of life with a common theme. Have been truly inspiring, and I cannot wait for you to hear their story. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to another of Carl's interviews. Today I'm joined by Amy the Hulk holder. Amy's a really talented hot prospect in discus for Team GB and it's really good to talk to her actually about her experiences in athletics, kind of the journey she's on and what we can potentially hope for in the future. So Amy, we know obviously about your discus ability, but it's not always been your chosen discipline, has it? You've actually experienced a variety of different areas within athletics. Do you tell us a little bit about those?
1: Yeah. So I kind of, when you sort of start off within athletics, you kind of almost get put into sort of every single event that they can think of, sort of trial you out with sort of everything really. Um, So I actually started out just running generally just sort of doing some sprinting sort of yep. some long distance. Um, and then kind of took that into, to multi events a little bit. Um, I sort of, I tried it, um, not very good at high jump, So I had to kind of call it quits on the, uh, the multi events. Um, and then because of some of the things I'd done before athletics or so some of my gymnastics in the past, um, I actually ended up doing pole vault for a little while as well. Yep. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that was kind of actually my main event for quite a few years, really, actually, um, until I sort of picked up the discus again, sort of a little bit later on. Um, and I sort of just had a little bit of a natural sort of talent almost with it. It kind of was OK, we saw that it was probably going to be the one I had the most potential in. Um, yeah. So then I sort of started taking that a little bit more seriously. Um, I moved clubs. Um, started going to university um, and then it just kind of, the pole vault almost sort of fizzled out based off of changes of coaches, not having poles and things like that. Um, And then yeah, really sort of started dedicating most of my time to the discus um, and then haven't really looked back since (laughs) for now, yeah.
0: That's a fair variety. So I can think a few of the actual, uh, I suppose, track events you hadn't covered during that time. And um, <laughs> yeah. did any of them actually help you in any way for the discus then? Because sometimes if people do sprinting you know, or long jump, they, the, the pace works, isn't it? Or sometimes jump in the discipline. But I suppose yeah. discus is so unique with all of them. I, the only thing I can think is maybe gymnastics with balance and core strength, potentially.
1: Yeah, um, I think just being sort of, uh, sort of like put out there into different um, events is kind of, it makes you a bit more sort of not body aware, but you're, you kind of pick up different traits from each of them that sort of then help you towards like the longer goal of what sort of is needed just during general training. Um, I'd say the sprints were quite, quite important. Um, being sort of a shorter thrower, um, I rely a lot more on just my speed in general to sort of get me through the circle. Um, so I find, yeah, doing the sprints and the things like that, that sort of related to that sort of event, um, definitely helped me out a lot. Um, within my speed across a circle. But definitely gymnastics has helped just with, I think, everything I've tried. Um, sort of, yeah, the balance, um, power, some of the flexibility, sort of getting into certain movements, especially in discus, is actually surprisingly hard getting into some of the positions that you need um, if you haven't got some of that flexibility. So I think that's definitely definitely helped me out. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of covering – all sorts of sports um yeah you just take little bits out of each that you can sort of relate back to yeah. um a lot of my training if I'm doing certain movements in the discus um I it reminds me of certain things I've done before in other events so I kind of then can relate it towards each other I'm like, oh okay I've done it I've done that movement here I can sort of
0: yeah no, mate, so it similar-ish it's to,
1: to that. yeah definitely and then I think that's kind of a, a way that I like to train sort of how I like to sort of learn is when i can relate it to something else um yeah so that really helped me in in that sense
0: and so, so when was it that you decided that actually this was going to be your solo pursuit then and dropping absolutely <laughs> yep. everything else
1: um so it was probably it was the year i moved to university so that would have been yep. back in 2016 um at the start of that year i'd actually moved clubs um and then, yeah, moved to a completely new club, started at a new um, university. Um, so I kind of i left my coach from the pole vault um, whilst moving to the new club. Um, I didn't own any of my own poles. Um, and if you don't own any of your own poles, it can be quite difficult to sometimes get new coaches or to train because um, they're very particular based on the athlete. Um, they're okay. sort of weighted and lengthed differently. Um, so you can't just use any pole
0: pole. Um, so, so that kind of realize it's probably, and um, I'll be interested when people are watching both live, yeah. and uh, on the catch up because you not actually assume that yeah, you know, kind of poles a pole, isn't it? <laughs> it? Does make sense actually that
1: yeah, it's actually
0: around
1: you. Yeah, it's it's actually really quite technical, just the poles themselves. So yeah. you can get all sorts of different length poles, um, different weighted poles, um, and sort of the the better and the stronger you get, like the bigger and the longer the pole that you'll be on. Um, and some the kind of pole that I was on wasn't particularly a massive pole, but it was quite a heavy pole, um because right. I've always been a little bit stronger in that sense um just my kind of physicality um so when I went to university it was it was quite tricky to find the pole that I'd come accustomed to um so then that kind of just got weaned out kind of slowly um I've, I've still vaulted here and there um yeah. every so often I do like an annual vault for the year we kind <laughs> of we, we like to sort of keep it keep it going as if, yeah. if I can um sort of just to help the club out um but yeah it was probably when I sort of around like 19 ish when I started university that I really sort of put all my focus uh, into the discus then
0: and from what I can see, year on year, you've actually continued in terms of ability, performance, et cetera. And yeah. what, what I've also noticed as well is the uh, the speed you go around that circle because <laughs> someone that doesn't know a huge amount about um, field events and throwing events, you naturally mm-hmm. think it's all about power. But actually it's incredible about yeah. it the the speed and the technique that has to be generated as well.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I find that I I am probably faster than some of the other throwers not that I'm um, I necessarily try to sometimes <laughs> uh, <Okay. laughs> naturally I just I move around the circle quite quickly um, sometimes isn't to my benefit um, if I can't control it uh, which is kind of a working practice at the moment and um, but no um, I'm definitely sort of trying to get that power to sort of equate to the speed that I am putting through the circle uh, sort of just to balance it out a little bit. But um, I think, yeah, like I said earlier, with kind of my height being a little bit shorter, um, it's it's definitely a benefit for me to sort of get across the circle as fast as I can because I don't quite have that sort of reach that some of the taller athletes have to sort of work around the circle with. Um, But, yeah, no, it's it's surprisingly uh, technical, actually, more so than some people (laughs) – kind of think uh but um with with kind of the technique that comes sort of you've just got to keep repeating it and repeating it um so you don't really get the full technique until you're a little bit older and um, so that's I think why some people think it's more about the strength and the power um because that you can kind of gain a little bit faster than necessarily the technique will come um but uh I kind of won't peak for a little while yet so hopefully that kind of comes along with it all uh, and then i can kind of get it all to come together at the the same time hopefully (laughs)
0: yeah, that makes sense i mean what is it about the technique you're trying to build on a aim for then is it um sort of the angle of release is it the time after the, the turn
1: um so for me kind of currently the the big focus is my delivery um i find that my kind of strongest point at the moment is me coming off the back of the circle um right But, yeah, my delivery is kind of probably my weakest area. Um, I I kind of rely a lot on strength um, and power kind of just to try and sort of you think it's all in the arm. Um, A lot of people think that a lot of it comes from your arm because that's sort of where you're releasing it. But actually, it's surprisingly a lot from just your whole body. Um, And I think that's sort of the main focus of my training at the moment is to really kind of make sure I'm using every single limb that i can use um and then trying to make as much length as i can uh, and sort of be as tall as possible so that i'm actually getting as much behind the discus rather than just sort of trying to only use this section of my body
0: Uh, and what about uh, i've got to ask because a couple of times you're making reference to your left arm and what's going on when you're trying to do drills and rotate so yeah what are you you meant to do with the left arm and what are you doing with it
1: um, so yeah, so basically, with my my left arm uh, in particular, um, I don't really use it how it's supposed to be used. So, um, in order to kind of throw with your body more, so um, you really want to keep your right arm back and sort of your left arm slightly forward. But then, sort of you want to pull it, but not too much that then you're sort of over rotating um, and things like that. Whereas I have a tendency just not to use my left arm at all. Right. Um, uh, and it just kind of stays static or it doesn't really get used a lot, um, which then caused me to arm my throws a lot, uh, which is completely against everything that I'm trying to <laughs> trying to do, basically. Um, so, yeah, at the moment, that's kind of another one that I'm sort of focusing a little bit more on is using my left arm uh, correctly, but not keeping it static, but then also not trying to use my arm alone just like the left arm by itself um it's kind of trying to find that sort of common ground between the two um which I'm sort of I'm just quite struggling on that sort of the timings of things um but it's just been such a bad habit of mine since kind of from the start of my um discus career I suppose you can call it uh so that's sort of one that I think will take some time sort of to come in really but um it's going in the right direction at the moment which is a good sign Uh, just I'm kind of hoping that I can sort of continue that uh, that work really
0: No I mean it definitely is and I'll I'll be interested to come on to you shortly about um, how COVID has affected your 2020 plans because I look at Steve last year um, senior champion um, in England and silver medalist in um, the British champs as well I mean that is such a high to go on to build on what sort of volume of training were you doing uh, at those points in sort of July August when you competed at that sort of level
1: um so my training kind of the volume of the amount of training i do sort of stays the same okay um so i'll normally do around three sort of gym sessions a week um and i'll be throwing like technical
0: drill session with my coach three times a week as well um so sorry the three gym sessions is that for core strength is that for general strength what sort of things
1: um so it kind of it kind of covers all areas um i do quite a lot of core Core-based stuff, just because I've had a lot of injuries with like my back and things like that. That have I was like ask the about core that.
0: work.
1: <laughs> yeah, the core work really helps kind of maintain that, and especially in discus, you do need quite a lot of core work and yeah. um, sort of maintain your balance throughout the circle. Um, but it will kind of involve a bit of everything. Really, there'll be power-based elements, uh, strength-based. Um, so a lot of the Olympic lifts, um, and then just kind of incorporating some of the accessory stuff in to kind of keep my keep my body kind of working as it should be sort of trying to maintain um strength and speed in certain that the smaller sort of muscles and also just trying yeah. to rehab bits to make sure that i don't get injured in other areas um and then a lot of the time during those sessions i'll have sort of discus based drills um or ones that just kind of incorporate to make discus a little bit easier um yeah. so a common one would just be flies um so the one we're just lying on the bench yeah. and sort of yeah flies out like that just kind of then works sort of like your pecs and your shoulders which we you do like sort of finishing off the throw. um so yeah it's a lot of just strength based power based um but throughout the year the, the sort of the goal of each of the the sessions will change. Um, so depending on what time of year it is, the goal might be to make them more strength-based so I get stronger. Um, but then kind of going towards into the season, it's a little bit more power-based. So I've just got that bit more of explosiveness kind of going into the throws. So I've got a little bit more to give um, throughout the competitions.
0: That's really interesting because, again, from an outside perspective, I was always interesting because people sometimes refer to right, um, training for summer season, winter season, what the differences between that those were. So it's actually interesting. Yeah you do um so i'm interested as well as you progress through through so you've gone from club level to competing in the junior then the senior um yeah. stage of that has your support and coaching changed as well
1: um no not really um okay. so i i had a coach prior to the one i've got now um that kind of took me through sort of the the club kind of level um yeah. and co- sort of veering on towards the sort of junior level. Um, and then yeah, when I kind of when I moved university, sort of everything really was changing. I got a new coach, um, kind of a completely new setup. Um and it was actually following a season with him, just sort of altering a few little bits within my technique, um, that I was able to then go on to being sort of in the junior levels. Yep. Um, but since then um it's kind of all been exactly the same. We we train in the same way, we have the same focuses. Um the the sort of way that we do each year um like the competitions i'll do sort of the the way that my training works gym stuff all of that um it's it's very much stayed the same um we kind of have the mentality that if it's if it's working for me um then why change it um we kind of we base it around sort of what's what's working for me what's working for the other people in the group um rather than sort of trying to Take too much from other people to just and feel like we have to do what everyone else is doing um we just sort of we know how what my body reacts to now um so we just try and sort of keep it keep it fairly similar um but sort of some of the sessions might might change here and there just to sort of keep it interesting um but no we it's very much sort of kept the same now, um which is how I like it anyways
0: no, it's fair enough, yeah <laughs> so going into the British champs last year um yeah. how were you expecting to fare up because obviously you've done well in the um the English seniors so how did you yeah. think about the British champs
1: um so for the last couple of years I've kind of always gone into it sort of hoping to medal um that's kind of been my goal uh for like the last three three or four years is to go there and medal um I thought kind of going into it this year I had definitely much more of a chance um yep. I had a much more consistent season. Uh, I was regularly throwing distances I knew could get me a medal um so I was a little bit more confident going in um I wasn't sure particularly where I might place um I kind of went in hoping for the best that i I could push for p- push for first um but i was I kind of was just really happy with. I kind of however i finished if 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 I was able yeah. to get on the podium um and luckily i actually i had quite a good competition it was one it was obviously my best competition there that i yeah. I managed to have I was able to kind of second, which was really nice um and yeah i actually I actually threw quite well um sometimes I go into specifically the british camps anyways um and i, I let my head sometimes sort of take the get the better of me um so I was able to kind of control that a lot more this time um and actually throw to my potential a little bit better. Um, kind of throw near to what I'd been throwing kind of throughout the rest of the season, uh, which was which was really nice. It's the furthest I've ever thrown at that that stadium as well. So I was just really happy to kind of go out there, sort of get really close to, to first, um, yep. actually kind of make some sort of competition, really sort of push for that medal as well. Um, but no, I was really, really happy to actually come away with a medal for
0: the first time. It was no, right. It's quite a day. <laughs> it's interesting. I, th- I think you saw a little bit of my chat with Dan the other day as well. And he was saying that it's it surprising about of times that uh, what's going on in his own head can affect his performance.
1: So yeah, definitely. What is
0: it from your side then in the mental side of things that does affect your performance, especially the British champs, as you say?
1: Yeah, no, I find a lot of the time I'll go into competitions and, and I'll just, I'll expect a lot from myself. Um, Discus is a kind of an event where you, you have to stay quite relaxed um if you kind of tense up then a lot of the technique can can go out the window a little bit um and i find that when i get quite tense i sort of i try too much to focus on certain areas and then i forget other areas um but yeah, I kind of, I go into a lot of competition just really wanting to throw far is kind of what I get told a lot. It's like, don't go into competition <laughs> wanting to throw far, because then you won't. Um,
0: sure, that's the aim of the game though, isn't it? To throw
1: well, fire it's, fire yeah, fire. <laughs> it's really, really hard to kind of get that that sort of gauge. Um, you want to throw far, but you can't go into competitions trying to throw far, otherwise you oh. won't throw far, basically. Okay. It's quite complicated, <laughs> but um Yeah, I've managed to kind of throughout the years sort of at least try and relax a little bit more, just go in and enjoy myself, um, which I found I was able to do quite well this year uh, or last year, sorry. Um, I just went into competitions just enjoying what I did. Um, I found that if I can just enjoy it, do it because I love doing it um, and not be too unhappy with the result either way. Um, I actually ended up performing a lot better and actually throwing nearer to what I know I can do. Um, and, and a lot closer to just some of the, the throws that I'll do in training when I know that there's almost nothing on the line. Okay, um, yeah. so, um, but no, it's, it's taken me quite a long time to sort of get closer to that, that aspect. Um, I spent quite a few years, especially when I was one, a junior, um, going to competitions and just almost expecting to do well and then trying too hard to, to come where I thought I should. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, so I kind of – it's taken me a little time, but um, slowly, slowly, I'm just sort of doing it because I like to do it, and that's that's kind of really helped me out anyway. I,
0: I can imagine that's probably for a lot of people a real, I suppose, yeah. motivational contributing factor. If you're doing something you like and for the pleasure, everything else will naturally come with it.
1: Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree that. Um, I've kind of – over this year and last year, um, even just with the people that I train with, we kind of tried to really – get that sort of mentality in a little bit more. We've sort of focused on um, every so often in during sessions, we might just try and talk to each other about what we want to get out of the season, like why we're doing the throwing, what we're doing it for, um, just to sort of get that mentality side back in. Because um, it it's quite an important area that a lot of people don't focus on a lot. Yeah. Um, they kind of all think it's to do with like the physicality of things, but actually a lot of it will be to do with the mentality side. Um, so that's something, yeah, We've really tried to sort of phone home with a little bit, especially myself, anyways.
0: Since, I suppose another question will be interesting with the, the more mental side of that. Um, obviously, on various track events, you'll line up next to each other, don't they? And there's an, an <laughs> yeah. So, how does it work with the discus in terms of do you engage with each other much? Do you talk to each other much? Is there any element where you're trying to psych each other out?
1: Um, I'd say it's, it's not quite as competitive in the sense where you try and psych anyone out. Um, yeah. it is quite friendly. I find, um, obviously specifically when you're competing against the people, um, in England and in the UK, um, yeah. everyone is very friendly with each other. Um, I'd say we're all kind of, we all work together almost. Um, obviously everyone does when they go into circle, it's very much all about like you focus on yourself. Um, but no, we we're all very very friendly outside. Um, can laugh and joke, um, I have some good friends that um, I've competed against um, throughout the years, just in a number of events. Um, I find it's just it, yeah, it's very it's a very friendly atmosphere. Um, and with the sort of the mentality side, I'm my my family have always said that if I'm really happy going into a competition and I'm speaking to everybody, I'm having a good time during the competition, then a lot of the time they'll know I'm probably do better um, if I'm okay. if I'm talking to everyone and sort of trying to sort of mingle with people. Um, okay. It actually normally benefits me in that sense. I normally do a lot better. Um, so I kind of try and like to to talk to everyone um have a sort of joke and a laugh whilst I'm outside. But then when I go into the circle, uh, I take it okay. obviously a lot more, yeah, yeah, focused on on what I'm doing.
0: And was it uh, right that it was Kirsty Law that won the British Champs last year? Yes, yes, um, it was. I mean, from what I watched an interview with her recently, and um, she's been throwing discus nearly as long as you've been alive. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're 24 next month, aren't you? Yes, yeah,
1: 24 and, next and
0: month. And I think it's really important to put that in perspective. That, I mean, yeah. you're throwing, you've obviously hit your 55 meter um, target recently. You were throwing a PB of 56, I think 48 or something, I may have read. But yeah. uh, it's. Which is incredible for someone as young as you are, especially with the potential you've got. So does that excite you to think that she's still competing at a level she is with nearly two decades worth of experience? How about how yeah, blazed ahead of you?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, knowing that specifically obviously the people that I'm competing against, some of them are quite a lot older than me. Um, it it, it, it excites me to know that I've got the potential to still be competing, um in in some years to come, which is quite nice and it, it makes it almost more exciting now to sort of, you don't need to rush. Um, yeah. It kind of makes training a little bit more easy in the sense of, not easy, I don't know if that's the right word, but more relaxed almost. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Knowing that I kind of, I have got all these years to kind of get to to that level. Um, and hopefully I can kind of still be competing at the same age. Um, if my body stays intact, um, hopefully I can sort of, yeah, be, be competing alongside the how they are uh, currently would be really
0: nice. <laughs> <laughs> and how have the injuries affect you so far? Because obviously at a relatively young age with only a few years into the season, you've had a back problem and an arm problem. Is that right? So yeah. So I've, I've, yeah
1: um, I've been quite unlucky, really. I, I find that um, I get told a lot that they, people need to wrap me up in bubble wrap because uh, I just <laughs> get injured all the time. Um, but I think just doing so many different events and doing so many different sports um especially um so my back injury came predominantly I did gymnastics then did pole vault and then went into discus it's kind of it put a lot of pressure on my back in so many different like directions and ways that my back was just like this is too much um we need a little bit of a rest here um so that that did kind of cause quite a problem to begin with um Specifically, when I first had the back injury, I was out for quite some time. Um, I didn't train for six months to nearly a year. Um, I was still kind of competing, but I wasn't really training on it. Um, I'd go to competitions more because I I wanted to help my club out. Um, Obviously, I still wanted to to throw um, and things like that. So I tried to kind of keep it up as much as I could, but it didn't really tolerate too much. Um, So I found out... But i um i had a an mri on my back um and fin- finally found out actually what was wrong with it so um i've gone i've got on on what's the word um onset arthritis um kind of in my lower spine so it's not directly there at the moment but they they kind of seen sort of the, the early signs that it's going to develop um and then i've got a few uh, bone spurs on some of the the lower joints of my back um so they sometimes rub on some of the nerves <laughs> Ooh, that, <that's> <laughs> yeah, so if, as long as like I keep my core tight and I kind of stretch out my back a lot of the time then I can kind of keep it relatively at bay and um, it does flare up here and there uh which is painful when it does <laughs> um but no a lot of the time I'm able to kind of keep it keep it at bay um and I've been able to sort of adapt with that one it's kind of going to be a chronic injury that I've kind of sort of learned to to adapt to and to to live with almost um but uh yeah at the beginning it really did impact me but um kind of as i've been able to grow with it a bit and sort of learn about it a little bit more i've been able to um use it a bit so i can work around it now in my training which is quite nice um but that one at the moment is is under control um (laughs) and actually doing quite well at the moment which we're really happy about um but yeah, I've had kind of injuries on my shoulders on my my ankles um I'm currently having a knee injury, which has kind of played up for for a little while um it it kind of started really hurting in sort of end of August when my season was finishing last year um going into september and um, I sort of took a took a month out after my season had finished just. Trying to sort of relax a little bit, try and yeah. see if it would heal. Um, I didn't really know what it was at the time, just sort of wanted to give it time to sort of repair itself um, and then went back into my winter training. Um, it hadn't really, really healed at that time. So I started seeing a physio. We sort of tried working on it. We had a few different diagnoses. It was being a little bit temperamental because it just wouldn't kind <laughs> of fit into one mold of what it wanted to be, which was quite frustrating for myself and the physio at the time, who could not work out what was going on. Um, but no, like recently I've actually been able to finally find out what's wrong with it. I got an MRI um, and I have a bone bruise, <laughs> which is really peculiar. Um, we don't really know how I kind of, got that um a lot not a lot of the time so it comes about through like trauma um you didn't drop
0: discus on and you see it or anything like that. no
1: no 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 <laughs> discuses were, were dropped but um yeah so I've, I've kind of worked out what it is um it's I'm happy that it's nothing more serious yeah, um it's good. just frustrating with the way that it's sort of in order for it to heal I can't do too much on it at the mm. moment um mm. you kind of got to let it heal as you would sort of a stress fracture or things like that just sort of give it time sort of you don't bend on it too much don't put too much pressure on it um and it should hopefully heal back to back to better than before um but yeah I've just got to give it time it's just one of those frustrating ones I can't actually do much rehab on it because it's not really a rehabable kind of injury but um no hopefully in a couple of weeks um I'll be able to sort of get back slowly into doing a little bit more on it um it's definitely healing a bit better since I finally found out what it was um so we're going in the right direction. It's just a slow process, I think, with this one.
0: <laughs> and obviously, I was talking recently to your friend Yvette about um, yeah. doing indoor shooting um, as well, yeah. like, trying to compensate during the the COVID period. So, how has this period of lockdown and obviously restriction affected you in terms of your training?
1: Yeah. So normally, obviously, I would go to the gym three times a week. Um, where I have access to all different types of equipment, all the weights that I need, um, all the different machines. Um, so at the beginning of lockdown, it was quite tricky to get any sort of actual gym work in. Um, back at home, I didn't have any gym equipment at all. I just had sort of the the elastic bands that you can use um, and a med ball, but it was quite light. So I was, it was a lot of body weight stuff. So that completely took me off of everything that I was doing. Um, my strength definitely went down um, during that time. Um, luckily going forward we were able to kind of actually get hold of some gym equipment um so I have been able to maintain um sort of a relatively normal gym cycle yes. not quite as heavy as I would like and not quite with all the equipment that I would normally use um but it was enough to sort of substitute in that I was able to kind of maintain most of my strength um and actually then work more on bits maybe I've ignored um almost more site specific things mm-hmm. uh just sort of single leg exercises a bit more um with like dumbbells and things like that that i might have ignored before um with access to kind of everything um but no i kind of going through my my gym stuff's kind of been able to sort of be maintained eventually um i've actually found kind of during this time i've i've definitely done a lot more cardio based stuff just because you've got kind of access to that everywhere going for runs yeah, cool doing more um, interval-based stuff and sprints-based stuff, which has actually been really quite fun. I've always sort of have enjoyed those sessions, weirdly, um, yeah. the kind of sprint sessions and all that. But um, it's nice to kind of mix it up a little bit and kind of have that variety of, um, of different things to do. Um, mm-hmm. But my my drills training has definitely kind of been affected before this I was just about to start throwing and um, kind of using the circle throwing distances and things like that um with my coach around um whereas kind of now during this time a lot of it's been kind of via zoom calls or um just like video calls with my coach uh doing drills in the back garden um kind of just yeah repeating drills we've been able to sort of take a step back in my training and um, really focus on specific parts um with, with no competitions really coming up and um, nothing major to focus on throughout this year. Um, it's kind of allowed us that extra time to really focus on areas that we didn't have as much time to put to towards before. Yeah, um, sense. So in, in anything, it's actually probably not been a positive thing obviously with everything going on but in terms of like my my drills and what we've been focusing on it's it's been a positive step and actually working on some of my weaknesses that we just didn't have time to work on before and um, so I, but so i'm really happy with that actually and um, but we just haven't really been able to throw and so kind of during this time i haven't done too much throwing and um, we haven't really had access to to places to throw um people aren't particularly happy if you go into a field and just start <laughs> chucking a distance around. Sometimes they get some funny looks in some of the fields. Um, but uh, yeah, I was just kind of getting slowly back into it. my, my training uh, group have been able to actually go back to training now, which is quite nice. They've opened up a little bit. Um, so more and more people are able to go uh, and we're actually able to use the cage throw a bit, work with my coach. Um, so that's been quite nice to sort of have that little bit of normality back whilst actually being able to throw as well, even if I'm only doing standing throws or something like that at the moment, it's just nice to have a discus in my hand and actually be able to throw it into the field. Um, so gradually we're getting a little bit closer um, to my training sessions going a bit back to normal, um, yeah. but we're still very much working on just the weaknesses that I have at the moment for, for next year.
0: That's I love that philosophy as well, the fact that, yeah, of course, recognizing the terrible part of what's affecting COVID. But look at the positives. It's allowed you to focus on those weaknesses, those areas for development. Mm -hmm um do you throw the discus in the back garden or is it just
1: pretend <laughs> no i mean i wish i could i wish i had a garden up big enough but uh no when i'm when i'm in the garden it's very much just drills um so i won't have a discus in hand i'll just be kind of going through the motion of what i would be doing if i had the discus uh in my hand um i've been able to sort of when well, i've been able to now go back to my actual training venue um i've been able to actually throw the discus um But that's only been very recently that I've done that. Um, If I've managed to find people um, willing to let me throw in their their fields, if they have them, then I've I've taken that opportunity. Um, But no, it's it's just kind of being just working through the motions, like imagining that I had a discus uh, in my hand most of the time.
0: I suppose this is where I'd have an advantage with the disc because I can probably only throw it a few metres. It wouldn't matter <laughs> which field it was in. you throwing it over 50 metres? <laughs> it's a bit more dangerous.
1: Uh, yeah, I've, I've been trying to find some fields that just kind of are the most safe because yeah. um, you, sometimes you just never know where it's going to go, <laughs> um, especially if they start rolling and just... Yeah. The wind catches it. You just don't know where the discus is going to end up. Um, so, yeah, you, you always just want to try and find, like, the biggest field possible, <laughs> even if you know you're not going to get anywhere near to throwing it towards anything. Um, yeah, it's just for the sake of some funny looks, it's always better to find just a completely empty field that sort of allows you to throw as far as you hopefully want to throw. <laughs> so we've
0: got... A couple of questions that I've kind of come across from various bits I've read on you through athletic sites and also some of them yeah. your own Insta as well. Um, the first one is, I think it must have been about five years ago now, you had um, a, a bit of a big hit where you had your first anti-doping, your first autograph, England and that. <laughs> yeah. How was that to, to you know, go through all those things and all that experience at such a young age as well?
1: Yeah, it was, it was quite strange for me because I'd kind of, I'd never had any of that before at all, um, and then suddenly, just one year, I just got all these new experiences coming at me. I was kind of, I was like, "Me? Like, you want my autograph? Why?"
0: Like,
1: I... who was it? Who asked? Was it just a? Um, I'm not actually sure. So it was just a competition. Um, I'd got my first doping um, test done, and I just came out. I won uh, one of my first england age groups um competitions um and i was just heading towards the podium and some some gentlemen kind of pulled me aside wanted my autograph um kind of had a little autograph book i think they were collecting some of the people um throughout the day but no it was quite it was quite interesting i was (laughs) kind of taken aback i wasn't expecting to kind of have that experience especially at that sort of competition i was just yeah it's like me (laughs) really (laughs) (laughs) but no it was it was really kind of nice to have that um it kind of makes you you appreciate sort of what people are doing that are a lot more elite than you. You're like, wow, this is this is amazing. Um, but no, I was just kind of very surprised <laughs> almost. I was like very, very confused almost.
0: And obviously you said about the, the antidopia. I mean, is it a problem in um, discus? Has it been an issue before, um, use of performance-enhancing drugs?
1: Um, as far as I'm aware, the people that I've kind of competed with and have known about, um, kind of going into it, um, it's not been an issue. Um, okay. I I haven't really kind of come across anyone that's that's been banned for it. Um, not in my event or in recent times um, that I've been against or anything like that. Um, I think it was more prevalent kind of a long a lot longer ago. Yeah. Um, but that was I don't know too much about it. Um, I kind of I focus more on what the people are doing now um yeah, hope, kind of hoping that everyone I'm competing against or kind of the more elite people um in in the other countries and I think kind of doing it the right way um I can hope that they are um but no like as I haven't really come across it um and I kind of I I hope that that's a good sign and that other <laughs> people aren't doing it um but no no I've I've, I've not seen it
0: um, I was having a little look as well, because trying to understand it's because it's, it's a one kilo disc as you throw, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I was just trying to sort of look at 56 meters. And then was looking at some of the other distancing events. And, um, I, you correct me now because I'm hoping you hear more about this than I do. It's Mitch <sighs> Ritchie with the British record at the moment, isn't it? Um, yes. 67.48 meters. Yeah. And that's nearly 40 years old now.
1: Yeah. So, it's, it's a long way. Um, it's just a yeah to throw over sixty five
0: is is incredible. Um, is that kind of that the step will... up to the the next level on the international scene? Is that
1: yeah? So I think if you can if you can kind of throw over sort of sixty meters, you're you're creeping into being able to compete with the most elite um, yeah. that will kind of get you into the, the bigger competitions. Um, you'll be qualifying for a lot more major senior championships. Um, but when you're sort of creeping towards that 65 and over, that's when you can kind of, you'll make the finals of these big competitions, if not potentially medal at some of these, these major champs. Um, but there's, there it, there are some people who have been able to throw closer to 70, if not further. Um, but There's a a lot, lot less. Um, It's kind of a different breed of (laughs) athletes that are throwing over that 70 metres. So, yeah, kind of 60 metres is like where everyone sort of wants to be, if not further. And then, yeah, 65 is that sort of that next stepping stone above that to kind of really be in the mix and sort of really competing against the rest of the people there
0: and from a british discus perspective now um obviously again looking at it is something that it's been a while since we competed on that global stage yeah i think that is is it that it's just not enough people taking uh, taking up as a young age progressing through are they not getting enough funding or support what do you think is that the Um, perspective
1: yeah i would say it's kind of a mixture of both um some of the, the throws do sometimes not receive quite as much funding. Um so it is then sometimes difficult to get quite the same amount of input or kind of continued um input throughout. Um specifically I'd say within the, for for the, the kind of women sort of taking part in the throwing events, it's it's quite difficult to keep their keep them interested. Um a lot of the time it's not seen as the most like feminine of sports um, they kind of want to go into something a little bit different um, other than just being a thrower. Um, there's kind of sometimes a weird stigma around it um, so that you you do get that sort of drop off um, if you don't have sort of the systems in place to kind of really keep them going. Um, yeah. I find a lot of the time more so with the men um, taking part in the throwing events, discus sometimes being in particular, um, they they often go towards rugby or sort of like American football, those sort of events where you need bigger guys. Um, A lot of the time there's just, there isn't quite the same money um, in athletics as a whole, but um, sometimes specifically more towards the throwing events. You just don't have that sort of that want to stay in it sometimes when there's being nothing almost being offered back to you. Um, So yeah, it's, it's definitely a lack of sort of support um, as a whole that kind of has that sort of drop off and, doesn't have the same amount of people really then continuing within it to kind of progress to those heights. Um, but I think over kind of the last couple of years, it's it's progressively getting a bit more towards having those systems in place. Um, and there's there are some athletes that have been able to go. We've had um, we did have a a British athlete Jade Lally who was actually able to go to Rio, um, one of the yes, first discus sure. we've had to go uh, for the women uh, to an Olympics. Um, we had. Lawrence Acquaye for the men's, um, discus in 2012. Um, so it's just really trying to kind of maintain that, um, and really sort of push to make sure that we do at each kind of Olympics or major chance that we have kind of that representation. Um, and then the more representation you have, the more likely you are to kind of get that support and that funding to really kind of maintain it. Um, so I think we, kind of, we are going in the right direction. Um, I think it's just a slow progress. Um, You've kind of got to make sure you've got that sort of uptake of people to really put yeah. the resources in um, to make it kind of worthwhile but um it definitely looks more promising now
0: no I, I, and I can imagine as well that the more people that succeed and get that i suppose that the raise in profile increase people awareness yeah. then younger people want to take it up as well because it is i mean it's the technicality of the sport as well might put some people off but yeah. And it's also saying. So, I mean, I, I gave it a go at school and when I did athletics as a young boy, but it's not something people always get a chance to do. And I, I think very much people yeah, get a chance to do like you did, the, the multi-event, try everything and see where there's talent yeah. by, to then encourage, hopefully, the athletes of our future.
1: Yeah, no, I would definitely agree. I think that a lot of the time, specifically in athletics, people get chucked into just kind of running or, or sort of those sort of events. Um, yeah. uh, and then just based off of what you see on the telly a lot of the time, um, they kind of are, are glorified and people often want to do those events. They're like, oh, these, this, that's amazing. That's the one I want to do. Whereas a lot of the time, the, the field events, definitely some of the throwing more so, um, they just aren't shown. Um, it's almost an afterthought, think,
0: isn't it? They're, they're like yeah. the, the big throws and maybe the finals and the winner and that's it. It gets so little coverage in comparison.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that, that just that doesn't help with kind of people then wanting to do it. If... They want to kind of do a sport and and kind of be mm-hmm. thanked for what they're doing um, and sort of shown that, um, it's kind of enticing people in. Whereas obviously when the when the throws just aren't really thought about in that sense, a lot of people just don't want to then go into onto that route. Um, so I think it's very slowly um, throughout competitions more throws are getting shown and a lot more um, athletes do kind of put more into wanting the kind of broadcasters and things yeah. like that to try and really get discus and the other throwing events to be uh advertised and broadcasted on all these different shows um so it's definitely spoken about a bit more um i just think it might take time for it really to kind of come into effect uh but hopefully kind of the next few years um it really will sort of even out a little bit more sort of yeah. with the track and the field kind of becoming a little bit more
0: equal I've got a couple of questions um
1: yeah.
0: one a relatively short one potentially um <laughs> Amy Hulk Holder <laughs> so what's yeah that all about, then?
1: um yeah so when I was younger um I've kind of always been naturally quite strong um so when I was in kind of school and things like that um I was always Sometimes stronger than a lot of the guys in my classes and okay. things like that, and we would do arm wrestles and I would win and <laughs> things like that. Um, and yeah, it just kind of it naturally came out. I just sort of started to get this this nickname of the Hulk Holder. Um, it kind of <laughs> worked quite well together. Um, yeah. It sort of just started off as like a little thing between me and some of my mates, um, and then they kept saying it more and more around more people, um, and then when you kind of have these social media and stuff, you always need uh, a random sort of nickname or like a, like a tagline thing um, that nobody else uses. Uh, So then I started using that because no one else would have had it um, basically. And it's just kind of really stuck since then. Um, I don't get called the Hulk often. Um, Not anymore. Anyway. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Which is quite nice sometimes. Um, But it's sort of, it's kind of stuck as sort of like a, Look at like a tagline almost of just how I use on my my social media and more so now. But uh, yeah, it came about just from being stronger than some of the guys <laughs> at school.
0: <laughs> no, that makes sense. You know, sure <laughs> the opening gambit of the evening Hulk. How's things? But um, you know, <laughs> yeah. when things progress, you might have people chanting Hulk from the crowds. Uh, oh, that yeah,
1: definitely. Maybe I should start <laughs> using that as a rather than getting a clap going. Just have people chanting <laughs> the Hulk to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah. Wait.
0: you're only about an hour from me so next time um, the next summer season when the events start I'll just sit in the crowd and just very loudly shout Hulk continuously and hope
1: it's (laughs) hopefully we can get it going yeah definitely
0: Um, I'm interested as well because obviously 2019 you had an absolutely fantastic season Uh, 2020 I mean for all athletes and everyone it's kind of been yeah what are you hoping for for 2021 what's your aim
1: Um, so I've got I think a few aims Um, kind of I probably would have had bigger aims um, had this season kind of gone ahead um, and kind of with like some of the injuries I've had, I've kind of taken those goals and made them slightly smaller um, in just the essence of not wanting to rush back into anything. Um, But I think my main goals is I just want, I kind of want to see how close to 60 metres I can get next year. Um, My aim was to get close to it this year and then sort of definitely break it next year. Um, So I think, really kind of focusing on some of my weaknesses this year, I might actually be able to kind of make that jump um, going into the to 2021. Um, but uh, we also have a Europeans, um, a senior Europeans, which would be really nice to qualify for that. Um, that was kind of my biggest goal to, to do for this year. Um, I really want to sort of make my first senior international. Um, I've competed as a senior for GB, but not at like, a big stage um, yeah. for a major competition, and um, so I really wanted to kind of get that selection, get the the qualifying distance, and and be selected for that. So I kind of just push that back again until next year when it when it gets done, um, and yeah, make sure I kind of get that one. Um, but I think more it's just kind of focusing on keeping the mentality that I just want to enjoy myself as well. Um, obviously, I've got all these very specific kind of goals that I would always love to reach um, but I don't want to almost think too much about them because um, otherwise obviously that just will take over everything and then potentially I won't get any. Um, so yeah, sort of just trying to really focus on the things I've been working this year and just making sure I'm actually doing them in competition um, and just enjoying it whilst I do. Um yes. I just trying to... Get the same sort of consistency throughout the year that I was able to get last year. Um, I just work on that really.
0: And clearly, he's the advice of your fellow discus throwers and get about the distance, <laughs> apparently.
1: Yeah, so he's, uh, he's my coach's son, so we've been working quite closely together uh, <laughs> throughout lockdown. <laughs>
0: um with the so qualifying for the europeans is that do you have to hit a certain distance to do that i know we just said forget about the distance <laughs> yeah. just to be the best within your um your group as it were
1: Yeah. so you you do need a qualifying distance so i'm pretty sure this year it was going to be 57 meters um, to qualify for so
0: a pb to qualify technically then
1: yeah yeah so i'd have to throw a pb to qualify get 57 um but then you also have a criteria of kind of to gain automatic selection um, from GB, you'd have to come top two as well at the British Champs. Okay, um, which you were. Yes, yeah, so hopefully um, if I can throw the distance and then come top two next year, I'd gain automatic selection, um, but they do sometimes take three people, um, so if the the top two had got the, the criteria and kind of obviously came top two, they'd be selected. But then if I came third but had thrown the standard, um, I've got the potential to be selected, but it would just be later on that they might um kind of have a discussion and then sort of pick um pick some people if they hadn't kind of yep. come in that two. Um but yeah if you if you kind of want that automatic selection, you want to make sure that you've got the standard before the championships and, and then secure it by coming first or second as well.
0: And if people want to follow what you're up to, your, your training, your journey, and clearly you're throwing further than 57 metres to qualify.
1: For
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, where's the best place for them to find you?
1: Um, so it would be on, on my Instagram, uh, mostly. It's kind of the main sort of social media that I use. Yeah. Um, I'm not always the greatest at, at kind of putting loads of stuff up um, on my social media and things like that. Um, but that's probably the best place to sort of like see some of my training videos or kind of actually follow it um, through videos and things. Um, but then we also have this website called the power of 10, um, so that you can kind of, you actually see sort of how far I've thrown where I'm ranked in the, in the country. Um, you can kind of follow the competitions that I've done that year. If you find me on, you can type in sometimes the athlete that you want to look up, um, so you just type it in, select, and then you can see the competitions they've done, the distances they've thrown. Um, you'll see sometimes i've I'm in random events every so often. So you might have a little laugh at some of the, the weird and wonderful <laughs> events that I often do. But uh yeah, it will be either at my Instagram or potentially on there as well.
0: Super. Well, Amy, thank you so much for this. I've really enjoyed uh, it. Thank you. Actually, I've learned a huge amount about Discus and some of the- <laughs> I wish you every success with that qualification. Thank i mean, be following you, thank you thank and um if you ever attend an event in the next sort of year, twenty months and you hear some random bloke shouting Hulk in the background.
1: <laughs> i <I'll laughs> know who it is, yeah. <laughs> no, cool. thank you, thank you very much.
0: Always no take care. Bye bye.
1: Great, bye.
0: And that concludes another interview for the day thank you to each and every one of you for listening and as ever if you have any feedback send it through to me at my instagram handle of fighting underscore the underscore enjoy the rest of your day